Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today is June the 29th, 2020. Yes, we are still in 2020. And today I have just an honor because I get to bring to this conversation to Align with Lina, somebody that I just met recently, but we have discovered that we are a soul brother and sister. And it is with great pleasure that I want to introduce to you my, my new brother. Hello, Dr. Ken Harris. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation with me today. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good day. Yes. Well, let me tell them a little bit about you. So uh, Dr. Harris has been a, a doctor of chiropractic for 45 years. He has practiced in northern New Jersey, um, you know, as long as he's had his practice. And we, when we met really recently, and it was actually kind of a fun conversation because you found me on Facebook. Um, you connected some dots, met some people, and then you ended up chatting with me. And I, I just fell in love with you from the first moment that we started talking because we realized that we really truly are our soul brother and sister. We're here on a mission from God. I sound like one of the blues brothers. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so thank you for being here with me. And let, let's just start this conversation because it is about inspiring people to, to discover how to align with the truth of who they are. And we start with the same question. When did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you had been taught was what was real? Well, ever since I was a little boy, we used to do uh, family camping, and I, I was always uh, fascinated by by the heavens. And for some unknown reason, I was always attracted to the Orion constellation. And I did some research about it and about the ancient Egyptians and their their uh, their love for that particular co uh, constellation. And I, I've always been a questioner, like. How did all this stuff happen? How did I come into being? What am I doing here? Even when I was like a preteen. So uh, I've always been fascinated with the questions, who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to give? What am I supposed to learn? From an early, early age. Now, I, I went on a search for many years, but I really woke up when I was 28 years old, when I met my mentor, mm. who gave a talk at the chiropractic college that I was a professor at. And uh, his name was Dr. William Bahan. And by the way, just as a sidebar, I dedicated my book to him. Uh, when he started to speak, I was in a room with a couple hundred people. And I was in the back of the room and I was curious to, I had heard of his name and his legendary practice with his brothers. They had the, chiro the largest chiropractic, uh, he didn't call it practice, service in the world. They had over 3,000 patient visits a week, people coming by busloads for chiropractic treatment and care. And as he started to speak, a veil opened. Mm. Everyone else in that room disappeared. He was just talking to me that day. And I started to bawl my eyes out. Oh. And people were looking around like, are you okay, Doc? You know, you, you're sick? What's going on? <laughs> and I had finally seen the embodiment of everything I had been looking for in myself oh. in him. Wow. He was a mirror image for me. And uh, the rest is history. He, he changed the trajectory of the rest, the course of the rest of my life. I was never the same after Bill Bill woke me up. I would say in Indian terms, he shocked to put it me. He opened my third eye and I remembered who I was. So that was the beginning of the real beginning of my journey at age 28. So what, what were you remembering uh, about yourself when, uh, when you began to wake up? What was getting activated? 
what, what was activated was that I, I knew I was a spiritual being having a human experience, not the other way around. I wasn't, an, uh, uh, I wasn't a human having a spiritual one. I realized that I, I didn't come from this planet. Actually. Yeah. I, I knew I came into this planet for a very specific reason. Oh boy, you you are definitely. We're going to go way out there then, and we're going to start the conversation with that because that is clearly something that this journey has brought me to recognize. Because the process of awakening is a gradual process of undoing our social conditioning, undoing our belief systems, and the more you peel away, like peeling layers of an onion. I began to discover that I wasn't my thoughts. I wasn't my conditioning. I wasn't my label. I wasn't just a human. I wasn't just a woman. I wasn't just a, you know, uh, this bones and flesh. I began to expand into the more of what I am. And I discovered I not only am I made of energy, I'm eternal, I'm multidimensional, and I didn't come from this planet. <laughs> We came to the planet. We didn't come from the planet. Exactly. And then the world, the universe began to become my home. And I it, it pulled me out of such a small, limited sense of self and expanded me into that. Wow. How amazing is this? So tell me about your experience with realizing you didn't come from this planet. You came through this planet. For a very specific reason. Yeah. And I personally, for myself, I'm here to remind people who they are and to wake up consciousness from the illusion of separation back to the reality of oneness. We're all connected energetically, spiritually. So, uh, yeah, the first awakening is when you realize that you're, you're not your, what you're thinking, you're not what you're feeling, and you're not in this physical body. Those mm -hmm. are, you might say, your capacities for, for expression. This is my earth suit. Yeah. If you're in space, you need a space suit to survive. Well, on this planet, I need this earth suit. Not to diminish it, but I, I need to, you know, feed it. I need to align it. I need to be arrested. I need to uh, hygienically take care of it, but it's not who, my identity. So the, the yeah. first awakening is when you have that split of understanding that these are the capacities for the expression of who I am. Yeah, and, and it is. I am. My my I am is the same. You as your. I know. I know that that's one of the the beautiful things that the further out we go from a sense of separation and a sense of individualization, the more we merge into the oneness where there is no no separation. There's no difference. It's it's pure oneness, and that's that's when when to me that's when the the real the magic begins because until i get to that place until i got to that place of recognizing our oneness i was constantly peeling off peeling off it was like i was working to, to get rid of stuff but once i got back home to my my isness it's like I've entered back into this world, but not of it to play. I mean, it is such a freaking amazing playground. I wish I'd have known this when I started because it would have spared me 40 some odd years, but it's been a fun journey discovering that I'm not from here. <laughs> well, my perception is you're me in another body. I mean, yeah, yes. I, but not just you. I mean, that's how I perceive the world. Everyone the trees, yeah. Is another aspect of me. Yeah. So that behooves me to be kind to myself, yeah. to be kind to you, to listen to what you have to tell me or teach me, because we're all students and teachers to each other, too. 
Isn't that beautiful when we can actually do that, how gentle, gentleness becomes natural, defensiveness becomes natural, kindness, like you were saying. But, you know, I want to go back. I want to jump back and ask you a question because you you realize your your purpose, you know, that you're not this bodysuit, but here you are a doctor that specializes in bodies. So let's talk a little bit about that. How, how does your awareness of you're not a body, how did that assist you in working with bodies? Well, as I said, the, the body is my earth suit. So yeah. we need to take care of it. We need to give it good nutrition. We need to rest it. We, as a chiropractor, I knew that the alignment was essential from a neurological point of view so that, so that the soul and the persona could be coherent. So I'm not to deny the body. I'm not. I'm not against my body. I, I appreciate that I have one, and uh, I do try to take care of it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not fallible though. Sometimes you know the body will will trump your psychology. You know, don't put a pint of Haagen Dazs ice cream in front of me. I may. I may forget all about the spiritual stuff and just consume it. So I, you know, I'm not denying the body. The body has. The body has a mind of its own. Let me put it that way. <laughs> But you know, though, the, the the cool thing when when we expand, at least it's been my experience, but when I expand out into the, the knowingness of my what I really am, that pint of Haagen-Dazs has no power over me when I let it know that I'm expecting it to just give me all of the yummies and none of the issues. <laughs> well, you don't have down Irish. Down to me. <laughs> You don't have Irish genes in you. you know, I, I, got I, that do. Oh, I you do. do. Oh, so I don't a drink. A quarter for that. Irish. Listen, a quarter Irish. Okay, I'm half. I don't I'm drink for that reason. All my mother's yeah. family died of alcoholism. So I, wow. I stay away from booze because, yeah. you know, a glass is good. Give me the bottle. So I don't drink. Yeah. I've learned to temper. I don't let that gene upregulate. Yeah, my dad, my dad, he was an alcoholic. Um, but his mother, Hannah O'Driscoll. So we definitely had some some Irish in us, but so fun. Well, let, let's get back to, to the body because to me that's fascinating. So it, you and I had a conversation not too long ago about the treatment of, of the body, how in chiropractic, um, the, the work that you do is to allow the body to do what it naturally does. Say a little bit more about that. Well, we're told that the body is created from two cells, an egg and a sperm. And under the direction of what we call the innate intelligence, it creates a whole walking, talking, living human being to live on this planet in balance with this world. So our bodies comes with a built-in immune system that knows how to deal with viruses and bacteria and pollution up to a point. It can be overwhelmed, but for the most part, we come with the operating instructions innately. And um, we used to say in chiropractic, nature needs very little help, if any. It just needs no interference. So when the body is probably fed, aligned, and attuned, it will be able to live in symbiotic relationship with this world that we live in. So uh, it's nothing exogenous that's going to bring health to you. Health comes from above, down, and from within out. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Because as a student of A Course in Miracles, and, and I teach from that book pretty much exclusively because it's just so powerful and it's going to take me a few lifetimes to really digest all that it says, it basically says the same thing. God wants to utilize these forms, these body vessels that we have to express itself 
and our work is not to block it. So love wants to extend through us. Our work is not to block it. It's not to put obstacles in its way. And those obstacles are those thoughts, those beliefs, those ideas that are limited, that are the cause fear, that are what I call, of course, the miracles calls it also our ego self. This, this is, you know, that, that bag of beliefs that we all carry around and we're unpacking, you know, we're, we're letting go of but those blocks to the body's well-being, what are those blocks to the body's, body's well-being? Because I know that the blocks to, to my spiritual well-being, my emotional well-being is to block love. The block is fear. The block is untruth. What, I, what is it in, in chiropractic? Well, there are, there are three primary levels of interference in a chiropractic uh, paradigm. One is structural, you know, falls, accidents, injuries, which literally uh, physically real, uh, misalign the spinal column and its influence on the nervous system. The other is toxins, environmental toxins, air, food, water. And the third, the third is auto-suggestion, limiting beliefs, thoughts, and uh, things that we were taught that are not true. So those are the three main categories of the interference patterns. And uh, they all need to be addressed. Yeah. Uh, just getting an adjustment alone without changing your diet or just changing your diet alone without getting an adjustment. And I would say probably the, the primary, the primary uh, difficulty that most people have is removing the emotional, psycho-spiritual interferences. Yeah. The mother, father, teacher, preacher narratives we've been told, the untruths. Yeah, yeah. The things that people can make up that depending on where you live, where you grow up, who raises you, those things are, are changeable. That's that's why, you know, in, in this this journey for me, finding my balance, my alignment with truth is to come to that which cannot be altered, come to that which is eternal forevermore. And it's the same for everybody. But I got to pay attention to all those other ones that flap in the wind and, and we try to hold on to us. If that's the truth, that's the truth. Um, and speaking of that, what are your thoughts around this coronavirus right now? Because there are so many different ideas. Which truth should we be holding on to um, from what you're hearing as it pertains to maintaining the well-being of the body and, and honoring our innate intelligence? Well, I, I don't think the virus is our enemy. I think it came as an evolutionary process. Uh, I, I happened to listen this morning to Dr. Zach Bush. Oh, love it was I do, too. He, he's, he was an ER doctor. He was an ICU doctor. He speaks from direct experience where it, it's part of the evolutionary process. This, this virus uh, went around the world to elevate consciousness. So I don't see it as an enemy per se. There's a lot of reasons why it killed certain people. You know, we can go into all that, but it wasn't meant, it wasn't intended to be a killer. That was not the purpose of the virus. I, I agree with you. I, I have my own opinions about it, but this is not a program because I'm not an expert in that. But my intuitive sense of it is it is here because humanity needed that right now, exactly as you were saying, for its evolution. It, it, we needed a kick in the pants at a global level. And this, this has given it to us. Regardless of the intended consequences, it has served to propel humanity into a new level of of awareness of so many things, awareness of self, awareness of attachments, awareness of, of the healthcare system, of dependence, codependence that we have on so many things. It, to me, it's a, actually a wonderful opportunity for us to see so many of the blocks that get in the way 
of the truth of who we are. So, well, I'm I think I think you, what you just said is is key. The truth of who we are, the blocks. In some ways, when the cell loses its connection to source, to spirit, it devolutes and be and exudes what we call a virus. The virus is not exogenous. I don't spit on you and give you a virus. It's my own cell losing connection to source, which then fragments into RNA and DNA. So this whole idea of contagion is, in my opinion, fallacious. If you really want to get into the neurophysiology and the biochemistry, anyone listening, just Google Dr. Zach Bush, B-U-S-H, yeah. yeah. and he is brilliant. And just listen to some of his YouTube interviews. Uh, I don't want to digress at this point, but he's got the data and he's got a, a complete understanding, a holistic understanding of what's really going on from farming methods to to uh, to medical treatment of this condition, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but you know, one of the things that he says that is is absolutely beautiful that is not really said by too many other physicians because he has a very holistic approach. And that is, as you were talking earlier, mind, body, spirit, we, we have to work together. And, you know, humans and animals and plants and air and water, we don't operate as a holistic system. We operate in, in competition with each other. We operate in opposition to each other primarily. So, yes, lots of things that as within, so without, whether it's the body in alignment or the, the physical aspect, the spiritual aspect or our environmental aspect, all of it, we have to become aware that all of it has to work together. Yes. The most important relationship, however, is vertical. Yeah. One with one's own spirit. When you get that right, then you can have a relationship to the environment, a proper relationship to the earth and a proper relationship to all its inhabitants. But this one has to be primary, in my opinion. Totally. You know what? In, in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you can find this all over the place. It says you cannot worship two gods. You know, you're going to you're going to worship the God of God of love or you're going to worship the God of money. And we if we don't have that connection to source, we are easily distracted by externals. Share. How did you come to have that connection uh, with, with source? How did you go vertical? <laughs> First, I went horizontal. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of suffering. I remember you mentioned that. Yes. So talk about that. Well, as in everybody's journey, there's resistance. You know, I, yeah. I mean, my ego still lives in me on this shoulder. And I got my soul on this shoulder. I pay more attention to this guy. I'm at my, my good guy now. But, <laughs> but, but usually um, the ego will do everything and anything it can to stop you from paying attention to the little voice which yeah. is the voice of the soul, the voice of God, the voice of spirit. And uh, usually it takes a, a heap of uh, trials and tribulations. And I had my own, I've had my share for sure. And uh, I, I'm at a point of surrender. I, I, I got the white flag. Okay. I, I give up. I'm going to listen. I finally, you know, I got better. I'm not tonal deaf anymore. I, I recognize truth when I hear it. Uh, whereas before I would always try to uh, deny it. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, because uh, anyone who's been on a spiritual guilty, journey, guilty as charged. Yeah, I just wish I had a dark night of the soul. I had a dark twenty years or more of the soul. Oh, you know, honey, I, I, I would have been great, but I, I had I had a pro, I had decades. Uh, me too. I I've always said that that that's a lie. That's one of the first lies. You know, you have been. You know, it, it's one of those in ab advertising they call it a lost leader. You know, they they 
call bring you into the store for something cheap and and flashy well that dark night of the soul they 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 got us in thinking it's only one night it's like staying at the holiday inn and then boom the next morning you wake up and you're enlightened hell no <laughs> well, years and years and it's like when is this gonna end well, you know jack cornfield said uh, before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment you still got to chop wood and carry water you know but it's what? a process it's not it an instantaneous ah i'm awake no, i yeah. woke up and i went back to sleep and i woke up and i went back to sleep and i was sleepwalking yeah. for a long time yeah. and then you get hit with two by fours hey dummy get back on the track which yeah. is where synchronicity comes in synchronicity yeah. is God's way, nature's way, life's way, universe's way, keeping you on track. Isn't that a beautiful thing that not only do we have this creative source, call it father, mother, God, creator, you know, no matter what you call it, Bob, Barbara, Bambi, you know, it knows what it is. We're the ones who have a hard time with a name because um, we're competing. We're competing for, you know, mommy, daddy to like us or we're trying to come up with the best name. But when we when we make that alignment and we we connect with source it is so loving and so benevolent and so caring and as you were saying through the use of synchronicity it is constantly guiding us and all we have to do is listen it's just like the gps in the car it tells you you know go ahead turn left and if you make a mistake yeah it just says uh please go 400 more feet and make a U-turn and you can right. ignore it. You can ignore it. But tell me about your, your journey with synchronicity and coming to know God in a, in a, in a way that, that you just couldn't say no to God anymore. Mm. Well, I, I wish I wasn't as stubborn as I was back, back along the way, but uh, there wasn't one moment. There were many, many uh, sequential moments uh, along the way where I finally, I finally got it. I finally, I, I finally realized that uh, I'm not walking here alone. I've been graced by, by you want to call it angels or guides or, mm. or beings from other worlds. I, I, I definitely have been spared. My life has been saved several times through yeah. sequence. So, uh, you know, again, everybody has a different. We all then sign up for the same curriculum. We all have different course curriculum on this planet, you know, and, and we all wake up, hopefully sooner or later. Uh, I'm sorry that I waited, you know, I'm in my 70s now. I'm, I feel like I'm pretty awake, <laughs> but but I wasn't always this way. So sometimes you have what they call super synchronicities, one after another, after another. And you finally say, oh, my God, this is this can't be happening by chance. There's, there's a design and there's some there's some guidance being offered here. And and uh, pay attention, Ken. You know you don't have to drive off the off the side of the road to wake up. You can you know you can hit you know on the road you hit those little markers and you're oh, oh okay there's a synchronicity. Let me get back on track here. So I've had I've been blessed. I've had many many of them, and I've had some great teachers. By the way, you meet people in your life path that will change the course of your life if you're open to listening to what they're saying. They're not sent by accident. Yeah, they're sent by design. I always think of the marionettes, you know, you, you would say, okay, Ken's going to meet Bill now and hopefully he'll pay attention and wake up. And then, you know, there were other teachers I've had. I said, I've had some wonderful teachers and now I'm a teacher to many. So, you know, it's, it's passing the baton. So exactly. That's so beautiful. So you, you clearly um, compiled a lot of these stories of synchronistic moments and experiences because isn't that what inspired your book? Yes. Yes, I, I, uh, 
I'll tell you the one, the, the first story in my book is the one that pushed me over the top because for years I've been having them, but I, I resisted writing a book simply because I said, so, so big deal. You met this famous person. You did that thing. Who cares about your, you know, your, your journey. And then I said, Hey dummy, it's not about you. You're going <laughs> to write the book to remind people of their own. People yeah. are doing these things and they don't connect the dots. They're not putting the, what is it? Uh, Hansel and Gretel, they're not connecting the breadcrumbs to find their way home. Synchronicity is a way to find your way home to God, in my opinion. Yeah. It's yeah, one yeah. of the ways. So in my book, Synchronicity. There <laughs> we go. Advertisement. There we go. Yes. The mystery, the meaning. Okay. Uh, the first story is the one that, that I put in the book that tipped, was the tipping point. Judy and I were in Long Island on a place called Shelter Island. Now, Shelter Island is between the North and the South Fork. It's in the bay. There are no waves on Shelter Island. Judy says to me, my wife of 51 years, she says, hey, let's go down to the beach and do some surfing. So I had to get on a ferry uh, in Shelter Island to go to Sag Harbor, which is in the Hamptons. And we were going to go to the East Hampton Beach. But I made a mistake, which wasn't a mistake. I went, instead of right on the bifurcation of the road, I went left. And we wound up in a town called Amagansett. Amagansett is about three or four miles from East Hampton. But in the Hamptons, if you there's only one road in, one road out. So I said to hey Judy, we used to rent a house on Atlantic Avenue. The, the water's the same, the beach is the same. We're gonna make the best of the mistake. So we went down, it's nine o'clock in the morning. We set up our Camp Harris, where real professional beach goes. Two umbrellas, two chairs, ocean view, no one in front of me. Half hour later, this guy comes walking down on a cane. And where do you think he sits? Almost in my lap, but maybe 18 <laughs> inches away from me. And I realized this poor guy couldn't go any further. He was limping. And I said, hey, buddy, let me help you. You know, did you have your hip replaced or your back is out? He says, yeah, how do you know? I said, well, I'm a chiropractor. I can see by the way you're walking. Anyway, he's obstructing my view. But part of me, the old Bronx in me says, hey, buddy, you know, why don't you move? I didn't say that. The spirit, the voice of the spirit says, see, see how you can help this guy, Ken. So I offered to help. He was a little resistant. When he went to go back up, I offered help again. Only this time, he puts on a cap. It says New York Yankees. Now, here's the backstory. When I was 14 years old, I grew up in the South Bronx. We won the championship of the New York uh, Mira Little Fellas League, which was the precursor to the Little League. We played a three in an exhibition game at age 14 in Yankee Stadium. I was with all my heroes, Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra. It was 1960. Moose Gowan, Whitey Ford, all my, my, my baseball. I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. Well, here's the deal. I hit a home run in Yankee Stadium at age 14. Wow. The fence was only 200 feet in. So I tell Yankee people when I see them wearing a hat or the jersey, hey, make their day. Voice of Spirits says, make his day. I tell this guy the story. He goes like this at the end, puts his hand up. He says, stop. I'm wearing a bathing suit now, right? And he says, you're Kenny Harris. I says, I says you know me? Says, I know that story. I'm Richie. I was on your baseball team. I hadn't seen him in 54 years. Wow. So I said, Richie, what made you come down to the beach today? He says, I don't know. I was on my way to Montauk, the end of Long Island. All of a sudden, my car went down this Atlantic Avenue. I used to rent a house here. I said, so did I for many years. Never met him. I made a wrong turn. He was compelled to come. For some reason, I told him that story. We had a reunion with the with the coach who was 90 years old. 
seven or eight of the guys were still alive on the team. And I said, okay, this is beyond coincidence. This is beyond mathematics. This was divinely orchestrated and arranged. Write the book. And that's <laughs> the first story in the book. I am not going to tell you anymore. That. No, no, because I want to write it. I, I'm waiting for my, my signed copy. <laughs> no, you, you want know, to read it, not write it. <laughs> uh, read it. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, I cannot wait, cannot wait to read it. Um, you know, that that is just so beautiful because those synchronistic moments, like you said, it, it's like it's like the icing on, on the cake, but it's a lot of icing. This cake has a lot of icing on it. And there are so many beautiful opportunities that that so many of us would call bad things. But if you can look at everything, whether you label it good or bad through the eyes of what what is what is the synchronicity here? What is it that God is wanting to say to me here? Everything becomes an opportunity, a lesson, a connection all of it. There is nothing that is wasted that is not for the purpose of the glory of the brotherhood and the sisterhood. Yeah, I wound up helping him. He came to me for care so briefly, and then I referred him. He lived in Brooklyn. So that was his reason to meet me that day. And and uh, I actually connected with some of my old buddies I hadn't seen in 50 years, which I was so thankful for. So there was a, there was a reason for us making those decisions on that particular day. By the way, nothing happens to you. It happens for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The gift given to us. Yes, that is just such a beautiful thing. So here you've got synchronicity as part of your life. You accept it. You recognize it. You 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 take advantage of it and and work with it. And you also have the awareness of the well being of the body, the innateness of the body. How do you tie everything together in terms of? Um, so if you were telling somebody, you know, I've come to know the creator and I realize that it talks to me th through synchronicity and what I need to do is keep myself in alignment, keep myself, keep the obstacles out of the way. Most people would go, oh, okay, how do I do that? Uh, what are some of your examples, your, your tried and true processes that allow you to, to do on a regular basis on a, as a maintenance? Because for me, it's, a, it's my day-to-day -day life. What are some suggestions that you could give a, somebody who's new to this conversation to be able to see the synchronicities, take advantage of the, the opportunities, look at the obstacles, work through those things, and come back to center? Well, one thing is synchronicity is ubiquitous. It's happening to everyone all the time. We're just not aware, awake, and alert to the fact that the breadcrumbs are being put in front of us. So I would say pay attention to everyone you meet. You might say that's God speaking to you through the form of that other person. Yeah. And sometimes it's what to do next, and sometimes it's what not to do next. <laughs> so listen, <laughs> listen. And I would say um, if you want to open yourself up to more synchronicities, uh, have an openness of heart. H have a compassionate heart. Don't judge people. You know, uh, everybody, everybody, as I say, is a student or a teacher to me. And so go on with the expectation like, oh, I'm going to meet Lena, Lina, and what is she going to teach me? And that's why I connected with you. I, I saw something you posted. I said, oh, this lady's going to teach me a lot. And that's why I reached out to you, because I recognized something you said was the truth of my own experience. So I acted on it. Uh, I come to realize there are seven distinct types of synchronicities. They're all not the same. 
There are seven reasons uh, that they happen. There are six reasons why we meet specific people. There are five questions you should ask yourself when something happens for interpretation. And there are four practices to have more synchronicities in your life. So but, we really uh, need to buy your book so that we can get all of these things. Otherwise, well, yeah, I'm going to take, you don't have them. to buy my book. This is not an avatar. If you go on my website, you're going to get a free user's guide to categorizing and understanding synchronicities. The seven six five four formula. I give that free. Oh, let you, me put you, your, let me put your website up so that people can see it because it's drkenharris.com. Correct. And you got to spell out the doctor part. So it's d o c t o r. Doctor Ken K E N Harris H A R R I S dot com. Drkenharris.com. All right. Tell us more about those practices. Sorry to interrupt you. Right. So the the the, uh, the four the four practices. I'm gonna let everybody in on a little secret. If you want to have more synchronicities, talk to strangers because strangers are friends you haven't met yet. Okay. So that's the you gotta be you gotta not be shy. You gotta have the you go with the expectation as you meet someone for the first time, which may not be your first time. You and I definitely. Are, this is not our first rodeo. I can oh, tell yeah. you that right now. The first thing she said to me was, "Hey, Ken." I think you're me in another body. I think you're the, you're the male counterpart of me. I mean, that's what you said to me. And I'm laughing because maybe that's true. Anyway, so talk to strangers. Pay attention to what they tell you. All right. Uh, connect the dots. Start looking for the symbology. Uh, you got you to gotta do some investigation. It, it's not going to always be obvious in the moment. Many times in retrospect, you say, oh, you're having a aha moment. So I had to meet liner to meet so-and-so to have this experience I, yeah. mean, I didn't know when i met you that i was going to be on this show you know but i'm very thankful by the way that you invited me or maybe i invited myself I uh, I no invited myself. i no i was like i want to have you on here so well i saw you had some great speakers i said well i think i'm one of a tribe let me let me, <laughs> let me be so brazen but connect the dots and, and and you'll have and when you have expectation of synchronicities you're going to have more of them yeah. So those are the four things you can do. Yeah, that I love. I love those those simple things because, it, again, in unpeeling back all of those layers of my ideas of who I was, I didn't realize how much there was that I did not know. And when when you put on those blinders and you live in your community and you hang out at the same places and you eat the same food, the same restaurants, it's like you are totally cut off from a whole world beyond the one that you know. And I started learning about symbolism. I started learning about astronomy, astrology, even things like quantum physics. I began to dabble in so many things that were outside of the realm. And those became doorways to meeting people, to, to totally meeting new friends in, in different areas so that was a whole lot of fun yeah remember strangers or friends you haven't met yet That's i love that i love 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 that by the way i uh, i i i enjoy eating out and i i was a little uh frustrated with the quote shelter in place my book sales went way down because usually i meet people in restaurants very easily and I, and before i finish the the meal they're buying my book because there's always segues into the con the conversation of synchronicity. I mean, there's always Judy says, I can't believe how you can how you can take a, an ordinary conversation. And before you know it, you're 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 going down the road of synchronicity. And you know what? Invariably, people say, hey, Doc, 
can I tell you my story? So I have to listen all the time to, because everybody's got them. Yeah. And they get excited. I, when I meet new couples, for example, I always say to them, by the way, how'd you guys meet? Now, the synchronicity stories of couples, I'm going to do a whole book just on that. Because some of those stories are, are beyond mathematics, probability. You know they were divinely arranged. They were prearranged. <laughs> I and, feel and, that way. <laughs> yeah, that, you could make a whole book just on synchronicities, how I met my spouse. Another topic that I ask people, how did you find a new place to live? Many times they came here through synchronicity or got a new job. So I know I got three more books as oh, sequels so to my original book, How I've Met My Spouse, How I Found a Place to Live, and How I Got a New Job. Well, you know, I love that. So you have to put uh, Christo and I in your book because the way that we met was pure synchronicity. After several relationships, I, I basically came to the place of realizing, you know, everybody comes into my life as a teacher, but I would like for my next teacher to not be such a hard lesson. I want it to be a fun and easy lesson. So I pretty much was like, I am not going to put any effort into finding a partner. If I'm going to, if I'm going to have another partner, they're going to come to me and, and they have to make me, I had three simple criteria. One, they have to have a level of consciousness that they honor God more than they honor me. Number two is that they have to be a dancer. Number three, they have to be fun and easy. <laughs> and, look at, <laughs> and look who just popped in here. Well, isn't that my sweetheart right there? <laughs> well, hello, Mr. Christo, who is on the other side of the world over. Um... <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. Hello, wonderful, syn synchronous, magical beings. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, and uh, hey, hey, Elliot, thanks for being on here and saying you love this. This is a fun conversation with, with uh, Dr. Ken. I'm having a good time. But it was. I. I wasn't looking for anybody because I knew that when it was time for me to find a partner that was the right match for me at this time, they've all been the perfect match. Each one has been the perfect match. I have absolutely, I don't look back on my life and regret anything anymore. But when I met Christo, I was ready for consciousness, for fun, for ease, and for dancing. Those are my three priorities in life. <laughs> and, and that I met a partner who not only were those part of his priorities as well, but it's just been constant fun and ease ever since. So he comes back to the U.S. this Friday. And honey, I can't wait to see you. <laughs> <laughs> see, so that's not a random encounter. No. Let's let's look at it neuroscientifically or in the quantum mechanical model. Bring it on. I would, I would suggest that you actually did have an intention. Maybe maybe not conscious but subconscious. You had very specific criteria for who your next mate was going to be. You you enumerated them just briefly here. And, and I I don't think it's by accident that that intention which is electrical in nature was connected to an elevated emotion of yours. I mean, you you lit up when you started talking about your your other half. Yeah. So they tell us in quantum physics that if you have a strong intention and you link it to an elevated emotion, which is magnetic in nature, you're going to create an electromagnetic arc, which mm -hmm. acts as a Wi-Fi into the quantum field of 5D reality, the field of pure potentiality, which will draw the all the elements necessary. For manifestation that's Whoa. the divine formula 
Oh, wow. You see what he said? You see what Christo just popped in here? He said, ditto. So baby, we've got ox inside of us that are that are emitting signals to each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and, and then you become quantumly entangled. You can never be separated now. Oh, wow. Is that, you know, they, the, the phenomena of quantum entanglement, when two electrons connect, even if they're separated by thousands of miles, mm -hmm. they still will spin together. So you're okay. spinning now with him on the other side of the world. I know. He's in South Africa and I'm in, in Atlanta, Georgia, thanks to COVID. So we're dancing on opposite. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Rodney, so good to have you here. Yes, isn't that good stuff? You know what, Rodney? You That's you and your wife, too, because you guys spin like that. I, I definitely, you guys have one of those powerful relationships, too. Say more about that, Doc. Say more about that quantum entanglement, because to me, that's where humanity is going to an awareness of what we are at that quantum level because our power exists at the quantum level and it is working right now. We're just not consciously activating and directing and causing the kind of life that is possible for us because we are unconscious of how freaking powerful we are, but our power is still working. It's just not working. It's not being harnessed and directed and, and focused. Yeah, well, we're in, a, we're in an energetic grid. We're, we're all connected to the one soul. And so unconsciously we are connected. Unfortunately, as you say, there's been a lot of interference, you know, in, in bail, so people don't have the, the conscious awareness. And that's what's happening. Consciousness is reawakening. We're having a reawakening. Unfortunately, COVID is an attempt to actually keep us unconscious. It's separating us socially and it's separating us emotionally. But the propensity of life is to bring us together. Life is the compelling force that wants to reconnect all of us in the, in the awareness of oneness. And when that happens, governments won't be necessary. There'll be a government of, I'll call it the government of God. We'll all be listening to the same tune. Or exactly. Tone. There's exactly. the universe. There's one song being played, but we're tone deaf. Now we find each other, like I found you, because you were tonal. When, you was, when I read what you wrote and we had a conversation, I immediately resonated. I didn't have to convince myself. I innately knew already this is a soul system. I, and that was our relationship. I mean, we from the get-go. Boom. I, I, think, I think we were one minute into the conversation. I'm like, damn. <laughs> right. And that, that's, what's, that's what's happening is an acceleration of that happening. Where I call it the tribe. Yeah. The tribe. And, and I said to you, we're part of the crew right now. You and I and other ones who are Vanguard, we're, we're here to help direct the spaceship back on course because we're on a spaceship right now yeah, planet yeah, earth is planet a earth is a spaceship exactly yeah, but the crew's been mia'd they've been missing in action <laughs> they're so, sleeping in the back <laughs> so all hands on drinking the little bottles of liquor <laughs> well, they, they, what is it the red pill and the blue pill they're yeah taking the wrong pills they took the blue pill. They're they're napping. The crew's napping. Yeah, and you know I, I love that analogy. That is so so perfect because it really is what's happening. This beautiful planet is is on a mission. It's it's on a course to continue to ascend us into greater heights of potentiality, into incredible levels in the stratosphere that we cannot go to as long as we remain in our dense selfish, greedy, disconnected from God and each other, 
ways of being. And here we've got this beautiful, I'm going to call it like a Maserati, the Rolls Royce of, of rocket ships. And we treat it like it's a Ford Pinto, the way that we pollute it and we, you know, don't even take care of it. And it, it is, it's really amazing. What are your suggestions for how, and I know the answer here is that everybody will wake up when they're ready to wake up. However, I am of the opinion because it happened to me that when people act as like you are, like I do, when people are happy, when people are expressing, exhibiting a certain level of connection, of joy, it acts as examples. And more of us can become examples. How do you suggest that we become, you know, these examples, how can we get the world to see more of these wonderful examples to activate, to help activate that, that almost dormant, what is that called? Like, like a, we all have inside of us something that needs to be entrained into awakening. And it's possible. It's absolutely possible when we, when we have, you know, a like frequency that just, you know, it's like a little magnet pulls us out of that slumber. It doesn't right. have to be the hard way. It doesn't always have to be hard. Like for me, it had to be a tough way with my mom dying. And then it had to be tough again with my my future or my past marriage, um, <laughs> a little Freudian slip, <laughs> future marriage. But with my past marriage uh, falling apart, that was another wake up call. My son doing drugs was another wake up call. A suicidal depressed daughter was another wake up call. A son and a you know third child with issues and and learning disability was another wake up lots of wake up calls but i've had a lot of wake up calls that came to me because they were lovely they were wonderful and i wanted that and that inspired me how can we inspire more people well first of all we're here to bring heaven to earth not yeah. to get to, that's that's number one we're not looking to get out of here so quick we're here to bring <laughs> bring the consciousness of heaven right here on in, from the 5D into the 3D experience. For me, it was always by example. I, I met inspiring teachers. So the responsibilities when you wake up is to express that which you know. Love, joy, compassion, understanding, all those qualities of, of life, of God, you might say. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that, that, that's the only way I know it's going to happen. It's going to happen through entrainment. When you show up or I show up and we're joyful and happy, it's like when Harry met Sally. Do you remember the movie? I'll have what she's having. <laughs> right. And that's what people will be attracted to. Not so much what you're saying, but how you're exhibiting and expressing yourself. They're going to want to be in your field, in your radiance. And initially, it'll be like the tuning fork. You hit it. You bring it in close proximity to the second one, and the second one will start to vibratory yeah. elevate entrainment. Yes, and that's the only way I know it's going to happen. That those of us who carry the memory, it's our responsibility 24/7 to keep the love and the light shining, and the ships will find their way into the harbor. But it's not pushing or conjoling or convincing. No, they're going to smell it. They're going to smell it, man. They say, I, I don't know what she's about, but. I, I want to be with that person. I don't know what he's about, but he's got something special. And then they'll start to reverberate within themselves because we're not the only ones carrying this. Oh, it's the yeah. potential's there for everybody, yeah. but they have to. They have to. They have to appetize it. They have to sample it first. Yeah. So we've got to give them a little bit at a time, a little dose of love each and every time they encounter with us. Who were some of those teachers that were wonderful examples for you earlier? You talked about 
um, Dr. William was. He was yeah. happy to be a chiropractor. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Wayne Dyer was one of my teachers. I wound up becoming his doctor, actually. Oh, <laughs> There's good. a whole story in the book about that. Yeah. So he was an inspiration. Ram Das was an inspiration. I had opportunity to spend time with him. Not a lot, but enough that he changed my whole magnetic field. By the way, when you're in the presence of someone of, of an elevated tone, your field will change. I mean, unspoken. You don't even have to speak with Ram Das. We didn't even have to talk. I just looked at him. We telepathically communicated. Uh, I had many other... Uh, uh, minor teachers along the way, too, too many to enumerate, but uh, the fame, oh, Chopra was another one. I wound up teaching his classes all around the country. So Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, Ram Das, and the most influential personally was Dr. Bain, who was very well known within my profession. Mm -hmm. As I say, he had the largest chiropractic, not practice, but service in the world wow. in Derry, New Hampshire. So I was blessed, uh, you know, and, and there's still, I still communicate with them. Yeah, that's non-physical beings. You know, I mean. Totally, that is so beautiful. And yeah, uh, Elliot is talking that he's reading a course of love and course in miracles. Um, and yes, it is choosing love, choosing love to lift our vibe. Absolutely, Elliot. That that is so beautiful. And Elliot and I are both students of course of love, course of miracles, way of mastery. Those teachings that are that are inspired by Jesus. And it mm -hmm. is all about, yes, being being the presence of love, of kindness, of compassion and doing that. You know, right now, the world, back to what you were, we were saying about coronavirus earlier, coronavirus is a, I, I believe, definitely something that might have had a, some people may have had a different intention with it, but God has always the ability to use everything for the greater good of all. And to me, that coronavirus brought us all into an awareness of that desire for connection, because in the separation, in this causing, you know, this, this, this kind of, of um, pushing people apart and keeping people from being together and, and so many other things that I don't want to get into here is was a natural resonance towards connection. There, there are those who are ready are the ones who are coming out and they want to connect. The ones who are still too afraid, they're, they're not hearing that, that, um, that call for that level of connection. However, inside of their disconnection, God is still working miracles in those lives because somebody's going to come in and bring them a meal and it's going to cause somebody to come in and synchronistically come into their home. So we don't have to go out and connect outside. God's going to connect with us no matter where we are. So that's one of the beautiful things about this journey. And let's talk about God a little bit. What have you come to know is the truth for you about God? I want to make well, God cool, by the way. I want to make God cool. <laughs> I would say God uses other people to bring the gifts. Yeah. These are the hands and feet of God, right here, your hands and feet, my voice. At this level of creation, God works through people, I believe, as his messenger. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, God is, uh, you, God is ubiquitous. <laughs> you know, Yogi Bhajan, who was the Kundalini Yoga, head of the Kundalini Yoga movement, he said, you know, if you don't see God in all, not likely gonna see God at all. So everywhere I look, I love is, that. Everywhere, everywhere, and everything, there is no place God is not. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so most people, you know, 
they have this concept of a guy in the sky with a long beard and he's gonna, you know, with a loud voice. No, like no. Santa Claus. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but you know, like uh, there is a Santa Claus, there is a God, but it's not the, the God of our making. I mean, for me, when I studied the human body, just on a put it on a practical level, the anatomy and physiology and cadaver study, you say, hey, this stuff didn't happen by itself. There's an intelligence behind this. Yeah. This didn't fall apart by a Big Bang somewhere. That's crazy. That would be like saying the Big Bang uh, in a printing prop uh, shop created the unabridged dictionary in perfect order. Oh, wait, Jose. No, what, what's the chances? Slim to none. None. So it, wherever you seek in uh, a creation, we are a creation, there has to be a creator. There has to be a, an, an organized, an OI, an organizing intelligence. So God is law. You know, God, God, God is, I'm going to let people define it for themselves. God is whatever you believe it to be. But there is a God. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you know, one of, I love what you're saying. One of the, you know, there's so many millions, millions of nuggets that I could pull, pull from A Course in Miracles, which is why it's going to take me the rest of this lifetime and others to keep studying it. But one of the things that the Course says is that there's only one difference between us and God. And when I read this, I was astounded. What? Only one difference? That God creates universes, hangs stars and moons up in the, you know, in the sky and they, you know, they're not colliding with each other. But the, the one difference is God created us. We don't create God. Other than that, we create exactly as God. We have the power of God within each and every one of us. Is God expressing itself to utilize its full power to activate the potential of whatever this individualized point of awareness can imagine? Can you can you visualize the new earth that we are we are co-creating when every child from the moment that they are born they're reminded you you are the essence of the creative source here to unleash your creative potential what can i do to make sure i put no obstacles in your way can you imagine what kind of a world we're going to have when everybody is given not permission because they're permission by God, but when everybody is given the exactly what they need to be able to move out into the world, when each child is recognized for the brilliance in them, not dumbed down in, in school with regurgitating un, useless information, until the spark of genius comes through them and we know who wants to be a doctor, who wants to be a musician, who wants to be a mom, who wants to be a you know mechanic. And then we allow that to become what we focus on assisting them to fully uh, bring about in, in this physical world. Can you imagine that world? I see that world clear as day because it's the one I'm going to reincarnate into. So you guys, we got to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it'll be heaven on earth. That's what that that's what you're describing. Yeah. So fun. I love what you said. We're bringing heaven to earth. Give us some examples of ways that easy, simple ways that we can bring heaven to earth right now. Be kind. Be be a good listener. Uh, you don't have to be right. 
you know, I, I used to, my ego always wanted to be right, you know, and, and the ego means edging God out. Uh, I'm coming to in my old, elder years, in my mid-70s, uh, to, uh, to accept, you know, to learn to trust and accept. It's all perfect. It's all okay. I, I don't have to manipulate anything. I just need to be. I don't have to do so much as being, yeah. being what I know to be true. And, and, you know, God is centered in love. I mean, you heard it a million times. God is love. Love is God. I am God is. I mean, and, and therein lies the challenge of those of us who claim to be awake, you know, to, to constantly be aware that we're setting the tone yeah. for yeah. the new earth and the new heaven. By the way, I like Eckhart Tolle's work. His, his book is called The New Earth, one of his books. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend that book because in that, you know, it starts individual, individually before it happens collectively. So each one has to do it for him or herself. And uh, when, when there's a certain Kindle point, uh, I think holographically, everything will shift. That, yeah. that, that's my belief. Otherwise, you know, let me go to the bar and drink. Why am I out in the world trying to wake people up? You know, here's the deal. If, if any are bound, none are free. It's all of us or none of us. So exactly. I'm doing that for self, I don't want to say selfish interest, but it's in my own best interest to be kind, loving, and giving to you because it's me. Yeah. Let, let's talk about the situation of the world today. What I look at everything from a place of total and complete recognition of the dance of energy that is taking place. So I, I don't see people at each other. I don't see political parties at each other or, or, you know, virus against, you know, humans. I see it as a dance of energy. So this is, this is not anything that scares me. It's something that is just showing me exactly what is happening. But how, how do you see what's going on in the world? And I'm going to put your website back here so people can, can find you um, who want to connect with you at, besides Facebook. But what, what are some of the ways that you see this world evolving from your perspective and your connection, your alignment with God? Well, I, I think we're in a, what they call a purification cycle. I think that's what's actually happening. Uh, looks like it's everything's falling apart, but maybe everything's falling together. And and like let's bring it down to the physical body. When you get sick and they say you catch a cold, you don't catch a cold. You develop a cold. A cold is a cleansing process. It's your body's attempt to try to rebalance itself. That's why you have exudate and fever and all. But those are all defense mechanisms. What we're seeing now is we've been so out of balance, so out of alignment that we're going through a purging now. A, a, a worldwide purging and uh, as I say it, you know those of us who are uh, awake I consider myself semi-awake uh, we need to stay aware of that and just I, I my primary role right now is reassurance all is well trust surrender don't get frantic I am not I'm not out activating uh, in, in uh, marching at this point because I, I know that these things have to happen yeah for the restoration, you know, the phoenix bird burns and then it resurrects. It's just part of the cycle that we're in. It so is. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I have no fear. Yeah, and I'm the same way. There, there is a certainty that what is happening is happening synchronistically at this time because we're ready. There's enough that have awakened, that have activated light and in, in consciousness on the planet that is making it easier for all of us to see what was dark, what was unconscious, what needed to be revealed. Yeah, because how can you 
work on a body if you if you don't go in there and see what's off? I mean, would you ever work on somebody and try to determine what you need to do to them if you didn't see where there was an imbalance? You know, so we the imbalance is being shown. So healing is certain. I absolutely believe that healing is certain. So I have just so enjoyed this conversation with you tremendously. I, I could stay here and talk with you for hours. That's why we enjoy our our um, our phone calls. It's just so much fun. So I would love for you to leave everybody with just you know, your final words of wisdom. Well, at the end of my book, we have principles of synchronicity. But the final thought I want people to know is that at the end of your life, when you look back and reflect, you'll come to realize it was never random. That would be the final, that would be my final thought. Yeah, wow. If it's not random, my goodness, how beautiful, what a gift we all have. And with that, I'm so grateful to, you know, Doc Ken for coming here and sharing his, his not only his beautiful personality, his wonderful wisdom and, and just his, his light. He was sharing his light with us today. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation next week. I have a conversation with a dear friend, Brian. You're going to love, love, love what he has to say. A conscious being, another one who's awake and who wants to be in service to humanity and to help uplift um, everybody as we move through this process to our awakening. So thank you so much for being here with this episode of Align with Lina. Thank you, sweetheart. My thank brother, you. it was just a delight. I look forward to um, traveling to Atlanta to meet you. And I look forward to hanging out with you when you get here. Thank Take you care, for having me. I feel very humbled and privileged. Oh, ditto. Bye-bye. <laughs>